gentlemen, welcome to The Warrior Life with Justin Mergliani. This show celebrates the warrior and every person walking the planet. My warrior life was born out of a battle with ulcerative colitis and now a permanent ileostomy bag. My charity, Checkmates Charitable Association's mission is to rid the world of inflammatory bowel disease. What are you a warrior for? All right, today we have a really special treat. We have Brian Propp, the uh, Flyer Hall of Fame left winger. I love Brian Propp. Everybody loves Brian Propp. Yeah, you know, I, I think Brian is just like, to me, he's almost your model hockey player, what you would want him to be when you have your fanfare experience. Yeah. Like, he's just such a genuinely, like, altruistic guy. And, and, and as far as I know, Brian's always been like this, even in the 80s and the 90s. You know, he's just one of those guys that actually just wants to give every single fan a great customer service experience. He really does. And, and what I liked about Prop was that he wasn't just a point scorer. He was responsible in the neutral zone. He was responsible in the uh, defensive zone. Killed penalties with Dave Poole. And they probably were the two best penalty killers in the NHL in the 80s. Perhaps not to the level of Gretzky and Messier, but pretty darn close. Yeah, and I think one thing about Brian Prop that I... I if you think about great left wingers, yeah, like you think of Luke Robitaille, you think of you know Bobby Hall, you think of all the greats that are there. Right. I think he Brian Probst got the numbers to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he just hasn't gotten there right now. I don't know what the problem is with the Hall of Fame not getting him in. He's he to me, especially his uh, playoff production. Yeah, it's off the charts. I mean, really, it's. I wonder if he actually won. I mean, he took five trips to the Stanley Cup and five never times. won one. And never won one. Yeah. And he's got a record. I think he holds the record for most amount of Stanley Cups on trips to and not come away with any hardware. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm always wondered if, if he actually won a cup, if he'd actually be in the Hall of Fame. I think he would have been. Yeah. But you got to look at him getting there five times. How many guys get there uh, once? Yeah. Or some guys get never get there. Yeah, exactly. So, Well, this should be a great show because I, I love Brian Propp. I'm really interested in seeing what we're going to What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about uh, not only his hockey career, but also we're going to talk about what he's doing now with the real estate company WCRE, which is uh, Wolf Real Estate, com Wolf Commercial Real Estate, and uh, a lot of neat things he's doing right now. All right, cool. I can't wait to hear him. Looking forward to it. So, uh, Brian, uh, what, what are your greatest memories about being a flyer? Uh, so my greatest memories are from when I got drafted in 17, 14th overall by the Philadelphia Flyers in 1979. Uh, it was was great for me, and uh, you know I, I played from the start there, and I've been in Philadelphia for the last 38 years. But I, I love uh, coming to Philadelphia and working with the, the different things that I've been doing. So uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty good for me, you know, and uh, I was. You know, had a had a long career, and I appreciated uh, all the things that the Flyers have done for me. How different were the teams that you played for? As far as uh, in seventy nine eighty, it was an older team. You had some superstars that had won Stanley Cups, and then by eighty five, you were the elder statesman on the team, along with Mark Howe, along with Dave Poole. And how was it different in those two different parts of your career? Uh, well, I was I was younger when I first started in '79, and, uh, and Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach were there, and they won a couple of Stanley Cups. And you know, from that uh, experience, 
I know that uh, we had a 35 undefeated streak uh, in in 79-80, and uh, that's still a rookie today. Uh, but uh, you know, I was a rookie, and I I helped the the team by by being a, a good good player. And from that, uh, you know, we went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, uh, my first year. And I was in the All Star Game with Gordy Howe. He was 51 at the time, <laughs> uh, which was awesome. Yeah. And uh, you know, so when I first got started, you know, I did a lot of really good things, uh, like the you know the streak and the finals and an All Star Game. So I thought it was going to be like that every year. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> but, Did you get spoiled? Uh, yeah, but uh, when I was when I played junior hockey for the Brown and uh, Brown and Wheat Wings, uh, like for three years, mm-hmm. we didn't lose that often. So, uh, and Dunk McCollum was my coach, and uh, he taught us how to be good pros. Uh, and from that, you know, we've uh, you know had good other players from Brandon, like Brandon uh, Brad McCrimmon, mm-hmm. uh, Ray Allison, who I just uh, had lunch with today. Oh, nice. And uh, you know, just uh, it's just uh, having the right character players, right. So, and when you were with Brandon, didn't you set the record for points uh, in the WHL at the time? Yes, I uh, had uh, 100 goals and, uh, and 90, no, 90, 94 goals and 100 assists. Uh, so that was a record at that, at that time. So you knew how to put the puck in the net long before you came to the NHL. You were, that was your, you, were, you were a goal scorer from day one. Yes, uh, but I also played good uh, two-way ho- hockey. Uh, so like uh, I, I knew how to play both sides of the ice. Yeah. And uh, but you know, we just, I'm fortunate that we had really good uh, coaching and, and a couple good players. And you know when you that's how you have a good team. In the older days of hockey, I know in the '70s and, and also in the '80s, the best players played. I think a lot more in specialty teams. For instance, Clark and Barber killed penalties. Yourself and Dave Pullen killed penalties. Do you see that? Uh, is that one of the major changes in the game now that we have more specialists instead of just the, the, the same guys playing? Well, I think that now the, the, it's a lot faster, and mm-hmm. uh, so they want to ship it, you know, change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the better players can play more, and uh, a penalty kill or a power play, you know, it makes a difference. Of you know, you get on the ice a lot more, and uh, it gives you a chance at a team to win a lot more. And so that's what the Flyers have been doing this year. Like they've been, uh, you know, doing really well this this last month of the year, and they're heading into the playoffs. You know, I think that they're in, in a pretty good spot to get into the playoffs. Today, when I was talking to Reggie Leach, uh, we talked about the year of the streak, as you mentioned, and uh, a lot of your teammates have said that it was really, um, they really wish they had won the Stanley Cup in the same year as the streak. Do you feel robbed by some of the calls that were made, the offsides call, uh, the bogus goal, the uh, Leon Stickle play, the high stickle by uh, Dennis Potvin? Does that ever creep into your mind? Well, it's been a lot of years, but, uh, you know, so you, you kind of forget about it and move on. Uh, you know, we, we had a chance to win in overtime, and the Islanders won in overtown. So, like, then we, we lost the cup. At that time, and so like if if we won uh, Game Six, you know we probably went uh, to Philadelphia and, and and win the Game Seven. Right. I mean, I think everybody thinks that Game Seven would have gone to Philadelphia, especially the Spectre. It was hard to win in that stadium. Yeah, especially in those days in the 
in the early eighties, uh, and, and as the, the players got older, and uh, but in, in Philadelphia has done a really good job of building the right teams. Uh, Keith Allen and Ed Snyder, uh, you know, have really did good good job of putting uh, character players uh, in the on the teams and and building from uh, how you win and. Uh, so you know, in the mid mid eighties, uh, Bob Clark, uh, he, I played with him for five years, and he was uh, thirty five, and then he retired and became the GM, and he did a really good job with that. And but he, we transferred uh, different players, but Mark Howe and Brad McCrimmon were key players. Uh, Tim uh, Kerr, uh, Dave Poulin, and myself, Tockett, Mellonby, Zezel, Smith. You know, they were all key players. And uh, so, you know, just by leading by example makes a huge difference. But we had such great leaders, and that's, that's why we, we never lost. Do you ever feel, I, I talked to Mark Howe a couple of days ago about the 85 and 87 playoffs, and by the time you got to Edmonton, you were very banged up. Uh, I know in 85, Lindbergh was out, Kerr was hurt, Poland was playing with broken ribs, and then in 87... Howe was playing on one leg. McCrimmon was hurt. Uh, every, you know, you lost so many players. Did you ever feel cheated that you didn't get a chance to play Edmonton up and up? No, no, because it was tough to get into the finals. Uh, we, we had a great uh, conference, and so it was tough to get, get through that. It's sort of like a, a war. You, 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 play, you, you, you play, and uh, you win, and uh, you, you give it your best. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton was, was, you know, if you look at their teams, uh, like they were a lot of... Uh, Hall of Famers uh, in their prime at that time, uh, but you know we 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 still battled uh, the battled them to to get there. In in five games we lost in '85, and we took uh, took Edmonton uh, to seven games, and, uh, and and a lot of people in Philadelphia still uh, appreciate that. Yeah, you know, that's the other thing. I, obviously, the Stanley Cup teams are revered. People remember '74 and '75, but my generation kids who grew up watching you guys you guys are as revered and a little story that i tell people is uh the sporting goods store in our neighborhood in the summer of 87 they sold more hockey pucks than baseballs because of the game seven against edmonton that whole playoff run why do you think you guys are so revered even though you didn't win the stanley cup well i think hockey was just catching on uh, it's sort of like uh U.S. Uh, hockey uh, players, uh, like you know, the more that they uh, know about the game, the more that their the hockey is going to be uh, you know part of their life, and uh, you know. But there's more ranks available now, and mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of players are, are playing into uh, the U.S. and other all parts of the world. And so it, it's it's tough to to get there. I mean, there's uh, so many company, countries that are are taking advantage of that. Uh, so like it used to be Canada and, and the U.S., but now it's a kind of a mixture of uh, Czech, uh, Russians, uh, Sweden, Finland, France, you know, Switzerland. So it's a, a mix of every of the best players in the world. And you did play in France, right? The uh, last year of your pro career. I did, yes, which was too, right? which was awesome. Uh, yeah. I had a had a great time there. Be Ritz uh, was in uh, near Spain uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. Wow, that sounds neat. Yeah, it was nice. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. When you got traded from Philadelphia, obviously the Flyers were starting to struggle. That was the beginning of the, uh, when they started missing the playoffs for five years. Was it bittersweet? I'm sure you, you felt sad to leave Philly, but at the same time you got traded to Boston, who had the best record in the league. 
and then you went to the finals. Was there a, a bittersweet feeling to that trade? No, I no, I just uh, I, I I looked forward to the trade because I knew that uh, you know I. I didn't have a contract at that time, and and so uh, you know I was a free agent, and so Bobby Clark did a good job of uh, training me to Boston, mm-hmm. where I had a chance to win, in which you know we got to the finals again, yeah, uh, with Dave Poulin, and uh, you know, and then then I was a free agent, and then I uh, got signed by Bob Clark again because he got fired, and uh, so in Minnesota, and he brought in Bob Gailey, and Dave, Dave no Bob Gainey, Bob Gainey, and, yeah. Bob Gainey, and uh, so I, I signed for three years there and and then I ended up with Hartford at the end but uh, you know it was good for me because you know Bob Clark has treated me so well and uh, and we always had good teams in in Minnesota and uh, I think with the experience that I had by playing for 11 years uh, Bobby Smith was another uh, veteran that really helped us that's why we got to the finals another year after that you know against Pittsburgh uh, so like we, we beat some of the best teams in the league that yeah. year, uh, yeah. Chicago, St. Louis, and then the Oilers, and, and then the Pittsburgh you know, just kind of took over the last game. Were, were you surprised at that run? I mean, I know everybody who were hockey fans were shocked that Minnesota was able to go so far. Were, were the players surprised at the success, or did you think you had it in you? No, no, I know we had a good team. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we had good leaders. Uh, Bal, uh, uh, Madonna, Gagne mm-hmm. was my line mates, and uh, Bellens, uh, Bellers, Bellows. Brian Bellows, Brian Bellows, yeah. And, uh, and Tenorna and uh, Tornado. No, Tornado. Tornado. Mark Tenorti. Yeah, Tenorti. yeah, Mark Tenorti. Yeah, so like. Uh, John but, Casey was But, the uh, you know, we, we, we did a really good job. We, we scored a lot of power play goals. Yeah. Uh, which made a big difference at that point. But, but, you know, to get through the first series, you have to win. And that's, that's uh, like, I scored an over, overtime goal in the first game of the series, which helped us to, to get uh, Chicago out of the playoffs. And, and they were uh, the number one seed that year. And then, yeah, and then St. Louis was the second. So, yeah. And then, and then uh, Edmonton was the third. And then uh, Pittsburgh, you know, was, the, was behind. But, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't con- uh, didn't surprise me because Bobby Smith and myself, we both had a lot of, uh, of game-winning goals for the team. Yeah. Um, what was it like to start life after hockey? Yeah, well, I was always uh, interested in in other things, uh, but uh, I, I built an ice rink in Medford, New Jersey, uh, uh, when I when I retired, and so I I kind of understood what I needed to do. I kind of ran the whole rink rink and uh, did that for three years, and then the Flyers asked me to be their color analyst. Uh, so I did that from 1999 to 2009, nine years. And, uh, you know, from that, just from an experience of that, you know, just uh, I've, I've worked with a couple of other companies like the Judge Group for five years in uh, Philadelphia. And, uh, and now, I'm, now I'm working with Wolf Commercial Real Estate. So tell me a little bit of what you do with Wolf. What, what is your position here? Yeah, so I've been over uh, with, a, with a team the last uh, over three years. So I got my licensing right at the start. I got the went through my test testing and got past everything. And you know, just uh, as we were building the company, it's it's now uh, six years old, and uh, I was three years into it. And uh, you know, I've, I've good relationship with Jason Wolf, our owner, and uh, from that, I was able to. He knew that I knew a lot of people, but uh, I work really hard uh, and I'm, I'm out 
almost every every night doing different events and it helps with the flyers and with wolf you know just making all the connections and uh, i always write nate no notes about everything that i everybody that i meet to get their cards and take their pictures which uh, kind of helps uh, yeah but uh, we, we have a really nice team of uh, People, you know, we 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 started in New Jersey, New Jersey, and now we're moving into PA. But we can work anywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of good uh, companies that are uh, aligned with us, so we can work uh, all over the U.S. Uh, we we do a lot a lot of uh, corporate work. Work. Did you? Uh, was it always? your style to cultivate relationships even during your playing career or is that something that you you started to do more after you retired no i've always been a connector mm-hmm. uh, i i know every new i know where everybody is for the philadelphia flyers alumni and other al- alumni teams like the devils uh, the rangers the irelanders and boston and when washington and pittsburgh so i you know i, I connect with all the right people and, and they, you know, from that i can i can help Help set up a couple of uh, celebrity hockey games. Uh, use a couple of celebrities, and then have team, two teams together, and help raise a lot of money for how we can help the charities. Tell me a little bit about um, you and I had something in common. We both had very serious health problems around the same time, and one of the things I've, I've told people before is, and, and I don't know if you even remember this, but uh, when I was having my surgery, you were also in the hospital at that time. And um, your wife, Chris, said to my wife, Amy, she texted Amy and she said, please let us know how Justin's doing in his surgery. And I thought that was just amazing that you guys were going through such a horrible time and a really difficult time and still were thinking about me and other people who were sick. Tell me a little bit about that time. What was it like for you uh, when, when you first had the stroke? Well, it was pretty scary because uh, I couldn't talk for three months. Mm-hmm. The only things that I said was, and... And Bernie Pront. Uh, so, <laughs> Bernie will probably like that, right? <laughs> but but the, you know, I had to relearn uh, the things that I need to say uh, with, with my brain, uh, and I still have aphasia, so like sometimes the words don't uh, come out the right way. Mm-hmm. But I've been working on it for the last uh, two years, and uh, but at the start, like uh, my right side, I did I couldn't do anything with my right side and uh, hand and. Uh, I still have problems with my right right hand. I, I can't write or type or do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can still play hockey and, and golf, which is so great for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and my, my shoulder, like, I only have a little range from here to here, from, from, from up down to, to uh, down low. Uh, so, uh, you know, other than that, I'm very fortunate that it hasn't affected my feet. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have been able to play hockey, which you love. And uh, and with your problems, I mean, it's you know, you just have to get through it, and you just have to do make the best out of it. You know, I've always been a positive person, and uh, you know, I, I I was have a smile going. I'm very happy. Uh, you know, but uh, and uh, you have a lot of people that have supported me. Um. How did what you did as a hockey player? Because you had some bad injuries. I know in '86 you had the uh, the knee injury against Edmonton. I guess you missed a lot of games, and you had to battle back from that. How did the way you fought back as a hockey player translate to how you fought back from a stroke? 
Oh, I think when I when I played hockey, you just had fun playing hockey, and uh, you know the injury from my, my knee it, it kind of gave me a chance to work out a little bit better and get be fresh for the fresh for the playoffs. Which uh, you know at that time, you know in '87, I, I had the record for the how many most point for the Flyers at that time for yeah. 20, 24 points, uh, but. Uh, other than that, it's just uh, you know you just kind of didn't think, you don't don't think about it, but you work hard, uh, you practice, 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 practice. I mean that makes the key. Uh, you know a lot of a lot of young kids that don't practice as much. You know they're they're not going to go that far. Uh, but you know you always have to drive to be better, and the leadership uh, comes uh, as as you get older. Uh, I think with Eric Lindros, like we've seen a big transition with him, with his leadership and what he's been accomplishing in Toronto and for the Philadelphia Flyers with his Hall of Fame now and uh, in a couple of alumni alumni games that the, the, he's been playing with. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps with the city. And uh, even though he's not in Toronto anymore, but he, people still uh, loves us, love, love him. It wasn't Mr. Snyder. I think when I talked to Reggie Leach this morning, he was saying that Mr. Snyder was a big reason why you guys seem to gravitate and stay here. Uh, you've played in other places. You've played, in, as you said, in Boston, Minnesota, Hartford. What makes the Flyers, quote, family different than other NHL cities? Well, I think when they, they, they won in 70, 74, 75, a lot of people uh, stayed and lived and worked and, and stayed there. And and the same thing with the Flyers. It's a small city, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of people live and work there. And you know, after they're play, finished playing hockey, you know, it's close to the East Coast. Then you know, people have shore homes, yeah. which is only an hour away. And they, so it, it, it's a nice place to live. And uh, uh, you know, the the companies around here, like if you do some other want to do some other work, uh, you know, they're open to having you help out as much as you can. Uh, with for me, just working for the Flyers uh, radio uh, was was nice for me, and and the judge group, you know, the people treated me nice, and then at Wolf, you know, it's been it's been great too, and yeah, but uh, it's, it's just how you build the relationships that make a difference, and so our saying at Wolf is building relationships together, which uh, you know it, it it pays off in a long time. Okay. What's your favorite Mr. Slater story? Well, he's so, so passionate uh, of, of all the things that he did. I mean, he's, there's so many uh, good stories to, to tell, but, you know, I always liked that when he got mad. Uh, and and, and <laughs> the refs, you know, the, the, like especially in, uh, when Leclerc, like, had the sh- uh, shot through the net. And, oh, uh, right, and uh, but yeah, but uh, and then, you know, like, the, the refs weren't uh, agreeing with a couple different things. And so, like, I know that... Uh, uh, Mr. Snyder, he got really upset with the the rough, 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 rough so. Yeah, I remember. Uh, th- wasn't that the one where he said, "Where's that guy from?" I think he was talking about one of the referees. He said, "Is he from Toronto?" Yeah, well, you, <laughs> was, you never. Well, yeah, but yeah, he's passionate, you know. Yeah. And so he hated to to lose. Yeah. And uh, but he built a team uh, with character players, and and that's the you know the the whole thing of what the way the Flyers are building now with Ron Hextall. Uh, I think that uh, they're doing a really good job of building it the right way with the young guys, and, and their minor league is, is tops. You know, so mm-hmm. it, you know that really makes a difference uh, as you build for a couple of years. 
And, you know, so it looks like the Flyers are going to be in the playoffs this year, which I'm, I'm uh, really loving. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know that and we've talked a little bit before. I'm, I'm doing a documentary called Keenan's Kids. Yes. A, about that that incredible run from really 84 to 88. Um, what, what was so special about – I know Keenan was a tough coach, right? It, was, it wasn't easy. But what was it about him that, that he was able to get so much out of so many players and be successful at, at such a young age? Your team was so young. Well, I, I like the way he coached because he coached to win every game. Mm-hmm. And I think now, like, you know, they have to row four lines and you know, other things like that. But if he wanted to play uh, two lines, he could. And, uh, you know, he, 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 you wouldn't you get tired. And so uh, if you had a lead, uh, you know, they, they, he, he played them a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, most of the time we had leads. leads. Yeah. So that, that helped us to, uh, you know, you know, mix up the lines a little better. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like Kenan, Keenan because uh, he was tough. But uh, a lot of people don't know that when he yelled in front of people, you know, the, the young guys weren't excited about that. But he, he talked talked to them aside, and then he'd, he'd talk with them the next day. So, you know, then he's able to stop anything that's happening and to go any further. So, like, uh, you know, he, he was good with uh, meeting with the, the team after. Do you think uh, it was advantageous for him that the team was so young? In other words, Clark had retired. Bill Barber was out for a year uh, injury and then retired. Uh, Daryl Sittler was traded right before the season. Could Keenan have commandeered the locker room with legends like that on the team already, or did he need young guys to get a fresh start? Well, no, as, as, as uh, a couple of these guys retired, you know, they knew what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, having a guy like uh, Mark Howe and a Brad McCrimmon, you know, made, made a big difference. And uh, Dave Poole and, and, and myself uh, were all leaders. And uh, to, to bring the young guys in uh, from 85 on, like the four of them, you know, they, they learned up pretty quickly how to win. And how to, how to get, make their careers a lot longer, like a lot of them had uh, long careers. Uh, but yeah, lead by example, and uh, you know, you know, we had in, inside leaders that knew how to win. And uh, like if you, you know, we didn't, we didn't have to score a lot. Uh, we, you know, we we actually kind of laid laid off a little bit. Uh, you know, when when we, we didn't have to score as much, like Edmonton, they uh, they they let, went for it every every game. Right. Right. So they they build up a lead and then just keep going. But yeah. you know, for the way we played in in the conference, you know, it was tough tough to you know get through the, the different uh, conferences. So that the, the Wales Conference at that time was much more physical, I think, than the uh, Campbell Conference, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Edmonton would go into those finals pretty fresh. I mean, they I mean, they went through the wars, but they, yeah, but they look at look at their up. team. I mean, they you know they, they didn't they didn't lose too much, and so they kind of breezed through. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think in Philadelphia, you know, they appreciated you know that we took them to Game Six, set seven. Yeah. Uh, how amazing was that goal that you scored for you personally uh, to take the uh, to tie the game against Edmonton in Game Six? Well, it's something that I won't forget. But I remember uh, the first game, the fifth game in '87, uh, where I had uh, four assists right. and then we won the game four to four to three mm-hmm. to force a Game Six. 
So, like, it was probably my best uh, playoff game ever, uh, that game. And, and then game six, like, we were down two to one. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I got the goal with about six minutes left to tie the game. And the spectrum was going crazy. And then a couple minutes later, uh, J.J. Donia scored to, to win uh, the game six, three to three to two. Um, and so, you know, it's... You know, we we still battled in, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Game Seven wasn't uh, meant for us. And I'll tell you what, in that Game Seven, I've reviewed it many times, and you guys were actually the better team in the first ten minutes of that first period. It seemed that Edmonton seemed very shaky. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Crossman just barely missed making you know, it two. Yeah, you know, I remember. You know. <laughs> You know that that's uh, something that you know, maybe Doug Crossman doesn't that he didn't didn't work that hard at it on his shot and that could have made a difference if it was two nothing you know rather than missing the net. Yeah, I know. I so know. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll throw him in the bass. So Brian, where can people find you if they're looking for you to find out what you're doing, where you're going to be, where do they find you? Well, at the start for our, our business, you can uh, visit us out at wolfcra.com. And I have my own uh, brianprop.com website that you can visit me on. And, uh, and I work with a company called Victory in Canada. So, like, they have a lot of uh, top athletes around uh, the world uh, that I that I, they, that I helps me with posting different things. Uh, but, you know, being here in Philadelphia, it's, uh, it's, it's nice for me. And, and for the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, you can go to the Flyers website and there's a lot of information about uh, what we do. Uh, like, you know, I'm the ambassador for the Philadelphia Flyers every home game. Uh, with uh, visiting beats at, uh, suites in the first period with Bernie Prant. And before games, we, we talk to other people. We have other events that we do, too. So, you know, if you want to check out the Philadelphia Flyers uh, website or the Wolf website or by Brian Prop the website, uh, you know, we have a lot of information about that. And also LinkedIn. Uh, anybody that wants to go to LinkedIn, uh, you know, Brian Prop, go to that. Like, I get a lot of business from... Uh, meeting a lot of people that I meet in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And plus I do a lot of uh, celebrity hockey games in Canada and all over the world. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been really good for me. And I, you know, I love to play charity golf too. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you still play with the alumni or uh, Flyers alumni on occasion? Or yes. Like, yeah. Okay. We, yeah. We, uh, we, we have an alumni that's set up that, yeah. So like I help, help as much as I can. Cool. That sounds good. Um, I'm going to ask you about uh, one thing that's going to, uh, it's probably a tough question to answer being who you are. Do you think you're a Hall of Famer? Uh, I think with my stats, well, can could uh, maybe uh, you know, tell me that, you know, that I, I, I could be there. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I did it, did well in uh, junior and, uh, you know, I got picked as the all-time best uh, left winger in, in the history of Canada. And, uh, the, you know, with the five Stanley Cups, with the Canada Cup win, uh, the Spangler Cup win, a, a couple of uh, world championships and the junior minors. Uh, so, you know, and, and you know, by, by me working for the Philadelphia for, for the last 25 years, uh, you know, after my career and the radio and a couple other things that are going on, you know, I'd, you know it would be nice if uh, I have that honor. Yeah, and... 
I wonder, and this is not a knock on anybody you played with, but you played a lot with Dave Poole, and Dave Poole was a great hockey player, but I don't know if he, he was a traditional playmaking center like a Bob Clark. Bill Barber scored 400 goals playing with Bob Clark. Do you think if you had a Bob Clark-type playmaking center, that might have driven up your stats even more? Well, if I played Lemieux or Gretzky, right, yeah, right, right. Could, have, could have scored a lot more goals. But yeah, like you know, it, but it, it's just the way I played. You know, mm-hmm. I played hard every 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 uh, uh, game, and I, I played by uh, two way two wild two two way teal uh, uh, hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, overall my in uh, my career and uh, for the uh, her history. I'm I'm number twenty five all time in plus minus. Uh, that and uh, for forwards I'm number ten all, all time for yeah. being plus minus. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, it adds up. It it tells a little bit of a story. Plus, you're almost a point per game player, right? Just you were over a thousand points, just over a thousand games, so almost one point per game. Yeah, but I I I, I prefer my uh, playoffs uh, number, right. numbers. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm inside uh, the tops. 30 in, in each uh, category. Do you know there's a, a, a page on Facebook that's get it's something to the effect of get Brian Propp into the NHL Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I've, I've seen that. But, yeah. you, know, you, know, it's, I, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's cool. People are plugging yeah. for you. Yeah. That's got to feel good, right? I mean, the yeah. people are... Uh, the, the, Think you are a Hall of Famer? Well, what sure, especially yeah. from Canada yeah. and, and my family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, Absolutely. Well, Brian, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thanks, Justin. My pleasure. Chuck, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Brian Prop always never disappoints. Never. 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 I think he's got uh, he's got some great experience. He's definitely a, a great connected um, man. And, uh, and actually, I'm really glad that he actually shared a story about his aphasia and yeah. about his stroke and uh, for awareness for that as well. So... Um, you know, I think it's just a great inspiration. The fact that he writes with his left hand now because he can't use his right hand, like I couldn't believe that. How many people can do that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's the dedication of an athlete. Yeah. And, I mean, like you see him like, are you left-handed? And why? No, I had to learn how to write left-handed because my right arm. I'm like, wow. And, and think about this. He said in the interview he could only say two words. And... And Bernie Ferrand. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at him. So yeah. the aphasia is very... I mean... It, you hear it once in a while, but he's really done an amazing turnaround. I mean, that's either that or Bernie Prance did a great job of brainwashing the world, and now it just lands at a subconscious level. Yeah, <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> so, anyway, you can find Brian on his website, brianprop.com, and Wolf uh, Commercial Real Estates. Uh, he's on Twitter. He is on Instagram. He's on Facebook. So he's everywhere. He's everywhere. So if you want to get Brian Prop, Brian Prop is there. I mean, he's a very accessible guy in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area as well. So feel free to reach out to Brian Prop. He's a righteous dude. Great guy. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo and the Warrior Life were produced by Faders Unstunned Studios for Listen Up Talk Radio. If you have a comment, reach out. Feedback at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com or call us on our contact line, one 866 269 6155